Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Last week, we shared a few stories of hope uh, from a few people in our campus, and I'm excited for another story of hope right now that we have to share with you. Andrew Horde is a junior at Milton High School, and if you if you've ever been around our church, you know that there is something special about this kid. Uh, he's on our setup team that gets, uh, they get to church, him and two other high school guys, uh, awesome kids. They get together and set up our church every Sunday morning. They get there like at 5.30 in the morning. He's a three-sport athlete. He's amazing with kids. He loves Jesus. And here's something else I love about him, though. He doesn't have this testimony of like, man, grow up. God brought me out of drugs and I was robbing banks. I was doing all this stuff. Sometimes people who have just kind of always served Jesus well feel like they don't have this story of hope for people to be inspired by. Well, I want to tell you, I am inspired by this young man who faithfully is living his life to serve other people and to follow Jesus. And so here is Andrew's story of hope. Hey, Andrew, I appreciate you being on here uh, to tell your story of hope. Uh, let me start with the first question here. What is the most difficult thing about trying to be faithful in following Jesus while you're walking the halls of your high school? I think it's just the people at the school. Like, it's hard to walk in that school and be like, hey, I love Jesus, and them to, like, accept that. Like, you want to make friends when you walk in the school. And, like, if you like Jesus, some of your some of the people don't like that. And so, like, it's just hard to, like, like communicate with them without bringing like them thinking Jesus is all you think about. Yeah, it's tough because we, we want to be liked <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes throwing Jesus out there, that, that can be tough. Um, what are the things that you see your friends putting their hope in? Sports, football, wrestling, baseball, relationships, video games, just the little things that they more put hope in. So what about it for you? Um, what is it that uh, about Jesus that gives you hope? What is it about, how does the grace of Jesus give you a better hope than what your friends are looking at for hope? Like sports, like all, I see all my friends putting so much hope in the sports and like I do too a little bit, but like in the end that all ends in two years from now, a year from now, nothing's going to be part of my life with sports and like relationships with my friends might end too. So like the hope in Jesus is just so nice to know that he's everlasting. He's always there. And it's just nice to see, like know that I can trust in him and have hope in him. Yeah. There's something about putting your self-worth in, in Jesus instead of all that other stuff. Cause when all that other stuff runs out, what do you got if you don't got Jesus? Um, uh, what is it about you that makes following Jesus more appealing to you than all the other things that you could choose to live for right now? I think it's just, I find it appealing to know that Jesus has been on this earth. He's, he's walked this, he's witnessed sadness. He's, he's cried. He's been through so much that we have and a lot more like he sacrificed his life for us so that we can have eternal life. And, in Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Like, he's 
it's nice to know that we can turn to him and have hope in him no matter what we are and no matter what situation we're in. But I love hearing your story how as a, as a young guy, you're choosing to put your hope in Jesus. Um, there's so many other things that, that you see your friends putting your hope in. Um, love seeing you and your friends from CYJ putting your hope in Jesus. So I'm proud of you, buddy. Thanks a lot for sharing. Man, can I just tell you how much I love what Andrew just shared with us in his story of hope? That's a young man that gets it. He gets the good news that we have in Jesus. You know, when so many of his peers around him are finding sports or friendships or social status as the thing that they're going to put their hope in, he can remain strong when all that goes in the tank because his hope is in Jesus. And the question I want you to consider this morning is, where is your hope? You know, I'd like to think that for the most part, I place my hope in Jesus and the saving work of Jesus most of the time, but there are things that compete with my hope sometimes. Things like my kids not waking up in the middle of the night and getting into our bed and squeezing out all the room that I once had to sleep. You know, people, I got a, I've got a king-size bed and I literally end up at like five in the morning. I've got a foot left of bed space. It drives me crazy. I know I place a lot of hope in my favorite chocolate bar. I got, I love lint dark chocolate with sea salt. If you want to send me some during this, go feel free. But I place a lot of hope that every time I go to the store that those things are on sale because I buy those things like in bulk. It is a major letdown for me if I find them at full price. So I buy a lot of it. I place a lot of hope in my car running well. And when it doesn't happen, I literally sometimes I'm like, okay, Jesus, where are you? Just wondering where Jesus is. And maybe the place where I actually put my hope, I kind of get my hope twisted the most is how every single stinking September, I, I place way too much hope in the Vikings winning the Super Bowl. And I really thought, so 1998, I thought that was our year. We had this rookie named Randy Moss. And we get all the way to the NFC Championship game. We're ahead at halftime. Uh, that year, actually, the Super Bowl was going to be in Miami. And I remember... As a senior in high school, I w at halftime, I was literally singing the song. It was Will Smith's song, Welcome to Miami, Invenido a Miami. Like, I'm, it's a horrible song. But I was, I was placing my hope in that Super Bowl victory, all in that Super Bowl basket. Uh, and then when Gary Anderson missed that field goal for the first time all year and we lose in overtime, I'm not going to deny it. I literally cried. I, I cried hard that day. And then I had to go to basketball practice right after it. And I lived in Wisconsin, and it was not a fun day because Packer fans, you guys are mean to Viking fans. Let's just be, let's be real about it, all right? But let me say this. If your hope is greater in anything other than Jesus, you are going to be let down in a major way throughout life. It, our hopes just cannot exceed the hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, Timothy Keller says that, when I'm placing my kids above Jesus or my job above Jesus or my friends above Jesus, it's not that I need to love my kids or my job or my friends less. I simply need to love Jesus more. And I don't think that we're supposed to stop hoping for certain things in life that aren't Jesus. But we just can't let those hopes exceed what our hope in Jesus actually is. And throughout the Gospels, we actually see stories of hope uh, coming from people who at one time or another they'd place their hope in something other than Jesus. And when, when Jesus made himself known to a lot of these people, many of them realized 
that what they were hoping in was completely inadequate. There are some of these guys whose hope, they'd place their hope in, in money. Uh, two of the guys in particular that Jesus had a lasting effect on were guys that were tax collectors. Uh, Matthew and Zacchaeus, they, these guys were both tax collectors, which means that really everybody in the city hated them. But to them, that it didn't matter. Their hope was in the fact that they were obtaining wealth. It wasn't in them being liked. And so as long as they had wealth, they found that they could be content with where their lives were at. Matthew, though, is a really unique story of hope. Matthew had literally given his life over to making money. That's what it was all about. Uh, it's all he had as a tax collector. People hated him. And then one day, Jesus comes into the picture, and there was this absolute radical change that took place in Matthew's life that day. He was literally sitting at his tax booth, and Jesus calls out to him to follow him, and he gets up, and he leaves his job, and he follows Jesus. And he also changed his name from Levi to Matthew. Like, we're talking about a complete, total change. And the night that he followed Jesus, the, the book of Luke says that Matthew held a great banquet at his house in honor of Jesus. He invited all of his friends, uh, the rotten tax collectors and all these other sinners. He invited them to this banquet. His life went from cheating people out of their money in, in the morning to that very night. He, he's trying to introduce everybody that he knows to this good and loving Jesus who's worth giving up everything for. Could you see yourself walking away from a high-paying job if Jesus walked in and told you to come and follow him? Now, if you couldn't see doing that, then you probably haven't seen just how good and trustworthy Jesus actually is yet. If Jesus says go, you better believe that, man, where he's telling you to go, it's better than where you find yourself at right now. And there's another guy actually in the Bible that had something else that he was hoping in. Uh, Saul was a religious leader who had accumulated not, not necessarily great wealth, uh, which I'm sure he had, uh, but there was something more that he was trusting in. Saul was trusting in great achievement and social status. Now, doesn't that sound like Andrew's peers in his school and what, what he was talking about? Doesn't it sound like your own friends? Maybe even you. Do you feel alive most when you achieve something great at work? or in your parenting, or when your yard looks better than everybody else's in the neighborhood? Do you feel inadequate and less than when someone else says something funny in a crowded room and gets all the laughs and you feel like you're not getting noticed at all? Now, I'm not gonna lie, I, I place way too much hope in, people make, in me pay, making people laugh sometimes. And it drives my wife crazy. Saul had achievement and he had status. He actually studied under this guy named Gamaliel, who was one of the great religious leaders of his day, and he was more zealous than just about any religious person back then, to the point that he was being one of the people put in charge of going after early Christians and arresting them and even having them killed. Saul had put all of his hope in what he personally was able to achieve as a person following religious rules, and it never changed his heart for the better. He liked to have people see him as one of the important people in the religious community. And then Jesus changed it all. Uh, like Matthew, Saul had a name change after he encountered the real Jesus, and everything changed in his life. Saul actually became this guy that we call now Paul. And 
his hope, it, it came about and took a total 180 degree turn. No longer was it about what he could do and, and what he could achieve. It was about what Jesus had achieved for him. Uh, Philippians 4, Paul writes this, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. See, Paul had found a contentment in Jesus that was independent of what Paul himself was able to do or what was going around him at the moment. In whatever the circumstances, he was content. And that means that his hope was not based in something temporary. It was, it was actually based in something eternal. Eternal hope is the only source of hope that could continue being hopeful through every circumstance. And only Jesus can, can actually provide that kind of hope. Maybe you're finding right now that you're, hoping, you're, you're placing your hope a bit more in the things like health and money and friendships than, than you are placing your hope in Jesus. And in a time like this, when all those things are being threatened, here's the real question. Is Jesus worth putting your hope in more than all that other stuff? I think he is. I think, he's, I think he's worth all that for one reason. All those other things can be gone tomorrow, but Jesus won't be. In fact, all those other things that we trust and that we hope in, they could be gone tomorrow, even if we weren't in a global pandemic like we are right now. But the work that Jesus did on the cross and in the resurrection, it will never go away. It's like what Andrew said when we were talking earlier. His, his friends that are trusting in the glory that they get from sports or the status that they earn from their social place amongst their peers, that's all gonna go away and it's probably for them gonna go away in just a few more years. If that's the kind of stuff that my hope is placed in, then in a few years, I'm in trouble. If my hope is in my retirement account right now, then I'm probably, I'm probably a mess right now. If my hope is in partying with friends on the weekend, then I'm probably a mess right now. If my hope is being able to go about and kind of just freely do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it, then I'm also probably a bit of a mess right now. But if my hope rests firmly in the eternal work that Jesus has done for me, if my hope in, in Jesus is greater than my hope that I'm putting anywhere else, then I can ultimately cope with whatever happens in my life today. Let me read from you, I think, a really strong passage from 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 7. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you great, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
Think about this. Even if all of your money were gone tomorrow, even if every achievement that you had ever made was forgotten by every person in the world, and let me tell you, when you're long gone, every achievement that you've made is gonna be long gone in history, unless you're like George Washington or something. Even if every relationship that you've, that you've had that has been upended, and, you, and let's say you were left completely alone, even if all that were to happen, you can have hope. Job literally experienced all this kind of stuff in his life. His livelihood was taken from him. His achievements went to dust. Uh, even his wife actually at one point told him, curse God and die. But he still found reason to hope in God above every other thing, above all that other stuff. And I want you to listen to what he said in Job chapter 19. I know that my Redeemer lives and in, that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I, I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. This morning, maybe your hope hasn't been where it should be. Uh, maybe your hope in Jesus has been lagging behind the degree to which you're placing your hope in other things in this world. I want to remind you today that everything in this life will go away. Frankly, we're all in that same boat together. There's nothing in this life that is such a sure thing that you can count on it no matter what. If that were the case, all the casinos would be in trouble because I'd be going and I'd be betting on whatever that sure thing was. There isn't that kind of sure thing. There is a sure bet that you can take to the bank with you all the time. And that is Jesus' death and his resurrection. Now, some people say, though, like, okay, that's not enough for me. What, what does that do for me today? What does Jesus securing my eternity do to help me right now today? Man, what does an eternal home with God do for you? It gives you a contentment through every trial and every storm, just like Paul said that he had learned to enjoy, this contentment that was everywhere. My wife and I, we, we try to train our kids that they can endure anything when they go to school, knowing that we're going to be home waiting for them when the day is done. And it's always been hard for me to leave a child of mine in tears when I drop them off for school. I hate doing it. And truthfully, I've had to do it so many times uh, as they've been growing up. But I know that those eight hours in school, she's not even going to remember how difficult they might have been the moment that she sees me or Crystal when the day is over. Those eight hours will have been worth it in the long run. And Jesus doesn't like for any of us to go through hurt. The scripture says that he hurts when we hurt. But like I know that the eight hour day that my kid spends at school is such a small part of the big picture of life. Jesus knows that this life is such a small time in the big picture of eternity. He knows that in the end, it will have been worth it. There is hope in Jesus. No matter what you're going through today, Remind yourself of the eternal hope that Jesus offers you. And remind yourself that this eternal hope can bring real contentment in whatever present hurts you're going through. Lord, I just want to pray right now that you would instill in us a hope that maybe is waning for some of us, that's lacking. God, I pray that um, as we seek after you, that as we look to your eternal hope, that the things in the temporary right now, that we would still find joy in the midst of everything, that you would give us a contentment even though we're going through some struggles. God, we thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus, an eternal hope that even in the midst of temporary struggles, 
We can find joy. We can trust in you. God, I pray that we would inspire others to seeing what this hope in the eternal awesomeness of Jesus looks like. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.